Hi, this is Jim Quick, and I have a quick update for you. I'm proud to announce my very first book, Limitless, Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, and Unlock Your Exceptional Life. This book is not only based on the latest neuroscience, it is field tested for over 28 years of working with some of the most amazing minds on our planet. Just go to LimitlessBook.com and enjoy this book. Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brains. I'm so excited about this episode. The question we have for you today, how does food affect your mental health? When people are thinking about their mood or potentially depression, we always talk about what you eat matters, especially for your gray matter. And to have this conversation with you, we're very excited to have a very special guest, Dr. Uma Naidu, MD. She's a Harvard-trained board-certified psychiatrist. She's a renowned chef. She's a nutrition specialist. She's really a triple threat of sorts. And she's director of nutritional psychiatry at Mass General Hospital and author of this brand new book, which I really did enjoy reading. It's called This Is Your Brain on Food, an indispensable guide to the surprising Foods that fight depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, ADHD, and more. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jim. And thank you for that great welcome. I really appreciate it. Uh, This is such an important topic now, I feel more than ever. Um, You know, we people hear all the time about their tech or their physical fitness and People know that eating food, they, they do it because it's, it's good for your heart or it's good to lose, lose weight. Mm-hmm. But you know, rarely are we having this conversation about the food and the brain. So um, when, when I introduced you and we we're talking about nutritional psychiatry, why don't we start there? What, sure. what, how do you define that? Absolutely. And that's a great question, Jim. You know, I think that most, like you said, most people might go in to see their doctor or their nutritionist or clinician and talk about food in relation to cholesterol or high blood pressure, or even trying to lose a few pounds. But no one is is making that connection or speaking to doctors or clinicians about food and the brain and the impact on mental well-being. And that's when nutritional psychiatry comes in. For me, um, preparing meals and learning uh, my, my journey into cooking was actually a very mindful, creative space. And I didn't know that until I tried it and uh, would be, you know, calling home or emailing home to my mom for recipes. And as I realized that it was meaningful to me, I also understood in learning psychopharmacology and the devastating effects of some medications that there needed to be more that I offered a patient other than my prescription pad, which is a very powerful tool. Um, But at the same time, when you are making or helping to make that clinical decision, I think there needs to be more than just take this pill and take it three times a day. And for me, that that connection came from my background. Um, And I began to explore what I could speak to patients about and clients about 
that they could be doing, whether it was movement, how they were eating, what they were eating to make a difference. And um, it started there. It started with that interest and um, it grew from, you know, studying, studying more because, you know, there's a big gap in nutrition education in medical schools and it's not something that comes naturally to, to many doctors. So, so you know, you, you really have to go figure out a lot of that stuff um, if you love it and if you're interested. Yeah. Well, you are uniquely qualified to dispense food as medicine, literally. Before we go into should and the should not eats for, for food, can we talk a little bit about how diet impacts our mood? And you and I talked off camera about this connection between gut health and mental well-being, emotional right. well-being as well. Absolutely. So one of the mechanisms that I talk about in my book, which is actually the theme and background for um, how I describe the different foods throughout the book is the gut-brain axis, which, you know, people have heard about, they've heard about the microbiome, but in mental health, there's really a burgeoning amount of research that is connecting gut bacteria, their impact on foods, how these, uh, how um, different substances get produced. And where it starts is that the gut and brain, although they far apart in the body, start from the very same cells in the embryo. And they divide and grow and our gut forms and our brain forms. But then the gut and the brain are also physiologically, anatomically, and biochemically connected by the vagus nerve, which is our 10th cranial nerve. And I like to call the, the vagus nerve a two-way superhighway because it's, it's bidirectional flow of information back and forth. And it helps people to understand that the, is, if food, although food digestion begins earlier than that, when the food is in our gut, whatever is happening there is directly going to be interacting with, with the gut, the gut lining, and the connection to the brain through the vagus nerve. But another, another, a few other helpful facts about this gut-brain axis are that um, serotonin is called the happiness hormone, and it is uh, the reason that doctors will prescribe an SSRI like Prozac or Zoloft, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, but the, more than 90% of the serotonin receptors are found in the gut. Another way that then people start to understand, well, if the gut receptors are there, then there's an impact from my food. Um, the other, and I feel that for now, for the here and now, it's very important for people to also know that a very large component of our immune system is in our gut. So how we eat in terms of um, healthfulness, immune boosting foods, anti-inflammatory foods, um, all of those good things really help our guts thrive, but the microbes in the gut then help boost our immunity or keep us in, in, a, in a mentally fit state, but also physically important because of the current pandemic. And I think that that just helps people to understand that there is this connection between what we eat and then how we feel emotionally. So I, I bet a lot of our listeners are really curious to know what are the specific foods that potentially could contribute to these um, these challenges in our mood or or depression. The sure. things we we should move towards, and maybe the some that we should uh, avoid. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that some of the things that have had um, a very positive impact for uh, for, for uh, mood, I'm going to start with spices because people don't think of that first and I'm not necessarily going in 
order of effect and go and really trying to offer slightly different information. Two spices, saffron and turmeric, actually hit the high notes with, with clinical trials of depression. And saffron um, is some, not something in a culinary way that we use much of the spice, um, but it actually has a very powerful effect. So it is the one rare occasion where I might think with someone if they really want to use nutritional psychiatry measures along with foods that they may consider a supplement. Turmeric, on the other hand, you only need a, a small amount of turmeric, even a quarter teaspoon, but always with a pinch of black pepper in your, in your meals. And if you don't cook, um, as I didn't for many years, um, you can always add it to a super smoothie or a tea to, um, to have the benefit of turmeric, which also has very powerful other effects, but also an antidepressant effect. So good to add to your food. Then there are the omega-3 fatty acids. And I would prefer that people try these through foods first. Um, and it's easily obtained in a really well-sourced um, sockeye salmon and other fatty fish like mackerel, tuna, herring, and sardines. And if you're plant-based, you know, you can get shorter chain um, uh, ALA from things like flax seeds, chia seeds, basil seeds, algae, and certain nuts. Um, and a neat trick that I think people may appreciate is that um, our bodies are not very efficient in converting short chain, the ALAs, to um, DHA and EPA. So one, one thing uh, that I learned along the way is that becomes more efficient in our body when curcumin is present. And curcumin is the active ingredient in turmeric. So my, my, my hack there is if you're having a chia pudding, add in a little bit of turmeric and pinch of black pepper because it will help the conversion if you happen to, you know, not want to eat seafood or are more plant-based. So, you know, those, those are a few ways to get started. And then there's including things like the healthy fats from um, olive oil or avocado that really are bringing back anti-inflammatory and rich antioxidant substances to your brain, which help. Um, those, are, those are some of the few foods uh, to get started. Oh, and we'll put we'll put we'll list those in the show notes as well as having links to your book. Okay. Well. What about things that could contribute to the these these ailments, these, these challenges? What, uh, what yeah. maybe do people do not realize that they're eating right. that um, they should maybe avoid or reduce? Absolutely. So it turns out that nitrates, which are often added in preserved meats uh, and processed meats, um, are actually a driver of depression and worsened depression. So that's one to watch out for. Um, things like trans fats, um, you know, in things like margarine and shortening and hydrogenated oils, actually have been shown to be linked with higher levels of aggression. So staying away from things like trans fats is probably a really good idea because sometimes when people are not experiencing a good mood or, or feeling a little bit low, they can also be a little bit irritable um, or feel a little bit on edge and, and angry. So it's, it's an important one to think about and know. Artificial sweeteners, unfortunately, worsen mood. Um, the ones, ones that were worse there were aspartame, saccharin, um, and sucralose. Um, 
So, you know, just be aware of that. And then, you know, the refined sugar and things like baked goods and candy um, and, you know, the sugar and high fructose corn syrup, people know that these are not good for our physical health, but they actually have been shown to be linked to studies um, regarding mood. So, so something to, um, to, to keep in mind um, as well. The artificial sweeteners, where, did, where do they usually hide? So artificial sweeteners can can hide in, um, in in diet soda. They can hide in uh, things that are called sugar free because they are uh, not technically um, you know refined sugar or the way that we think about it. So it might be just making sure that you understand a food label and that it's not hidden there to sweeten something. I remember someone who um, told me recently that they bought a healthy ketchup. And ketchup is is a is a food where uh, where tons of added sugar are contained most in many types of ketchup, not every single type. But she bought this very innocently, thinking this is a really good option. But when she read the book, she realized that sucralose is an artificial sweetener, and they were using that to bring that slightly sweet taste to the ketchup that she bought. Um, so that's a good, you know, checking the food labels becomes a very important part. For example, there's uh, an organization that has found at least 200, up to 250 other names for sugar on food labels. So really knowing that People, are, people mean sugar on a food label becomes important because you may think, oh, this is there's no sugar in this. And it's not that it'll be labeled sugar-free. It is that you don't realize that that's another name for sugar. And I think that, that us as consumers, really knowing a little bit more about food labels would be a good thing when it comes to things like added sugars, other names for sugar, but also um, that something may be sweetened using an artificial sweetener. Mm. I know we're going to do another episode specifically talking about concentration and ADHD, yeah. uh, maintaining maintaining our focus in, in a world, you know, which is which is full of distractions as it is. Oh. But the food sometimes that we ingest don't make it any easier. Make um, it worse. I make a like a golden milk sometimes <laughs> with like like an almond milk. Yes, brick, and I add the pepper in there also as well, so. and um, and it just maybe a little bit of ghee. Yeah. And, um, and I feel fantastic. It's, it's one of my, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> so it's, it, it's, it's, it's very warming and soothing and it actually has some good benefits to your brain. So it's, it's wonderful. And you have recipes in here and it's also the footnotes was really impressive having written, you know, my dear, you know, earlier this year. And yes. Congratulations. Have, let's like, must be like 500 plus. Exactly. So the way that it happened, Jim, is I looked at probably upwards of 700 references to to weed to sort of sort through uh, and weed out what what was most relevant to the book. And then we made an editorial decision to include the um, endnotes in the book so that someone, you know, like yourself was reading through a chapter and we tried to make, I tried to make the information digestible, pardon the pun, but, you know, so that but people understand, you know, a, a super a super science audience, um, understand, you know, wants to know more and can actually look up that reference, go find the article, but they know that it comes from a certain journal or certain online reference. And I thought was important because you know this is no longer a soft science there's there's a good amount of evidence developing does that mean that 
absolutely everything is 100% all of the time. In nutritional science, that's never the case. Um, but at least we provide providing the studies that you can look at and, and decide for yourself. That's, a, that's amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Everybody go and get their copy of This Is Your Brain on Food and take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Uma, tag myself on social media. And when you do that, share up. I want to ask everybody a question so they can post it. Oh, good. What should they post? Something that they, a new, one of the foods? I would love to hear from them if they tried a new spice, um, because there's a significant number of spices listed in the book that have an impact on brain fog, on mood, on anxiety. Um, so I would love to hear that. So and they, they can find me at D-R-U-M-A-N-A-I-D-O-O because they wouldn't know that. Fantastic. So, so tag us both in the post so we see it. I'll repost um, some of my favorites. And I actually bought an extra couple copies of your book. So I'll actually give you. one person just at random. Thank you so much. I know. And also look for a future episode where we're going to continue this conversation and talk about food and focus because I know right now that's a big issue for a lot of people. So um, Dr. Naidu, thank you so much for, for being on our show. And people can find out the book where? Um, they can find it at my website, umanaidoomd.com, U-M-A-N-A-I-D-O-O-M-D.com. We have the links to all the online stores. I also like to ask people to support their smaller local bookstores if they can. Um, and um, you can, uh, you know, uh, find it on Amazon and, and other major retailers. Thank yeah. you. And remember, what you eat matters, especially for your very matter. Thank you for listening, everybody. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
So, what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a Quick Book Club. This is your Limitless Book Club, where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour yeah, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.